0: we have um, the uh, special privilege to announce a very dear friend to this church, uh, Kaylin Bell. Kaelin, if you would come up. Yes, 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 yes. We're gonna need somebody to wipe down that mic. Um, You know, Kaylin doesn't need too much of an introduction. He is well known amongst this community, a faithful um, uh, friend uh, to this church and to the ministry of J-Hop and everything that we do, he's just involved in a practical and a servant level. And so we asked him, actually, excuse me, we've been asking him for a long time to speak. And um, finally, by God's providence, um, he he, he agreed. He said he should be speaking. So I took advantage of that opportunity. He's actually gonna be closing out our series, um, managing your emotions today. And um, we've looked at the word, he sent us his notes. I'm excited about this. I think this is an appropriate ending to a great series. Um, if you would, let's pray for our dear brother uh, and, and pray for ourselves as well, that God would open our hearts and open our ears to hear and receive the word of truth. Father, we thank you for this precious man. Um, God, and we acknowledge the things that you've done in him. Um, and uh, Father, we yield to um, the word in which you have given him. We yield to the word of truth. We ask, Father, that our ears would be open, God, and our our hearts would be ready to receive so that we might be transformed and helped and comforted. Uh, Father, I pray, Lord, that your spirit would rest upon him in Jesus' mighty name as he delivers your word. All God's people say amen. Amen.
1: Amen. 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 Thank you for that. I I guess I'm closing the series. So (laughs) if this is a part of the Managing uh, Your Emotions series. So one thing I want to say before I get started is uh, if you've missed a week, if this is your first week maybe hopping into the series, Make sure that you go back like these all of these sermons are available on the website it's been such a blessing to hear Daryl and Bethany and will speak and help guide us you know and navigate us through a, a, a hyper emotional time as I would call it so uh, this is not the first week we're talking about it this is actually the last week as Daryl said so if you want to kind of jump on the train here there are plenty of, there's plenty of good sermons some great things that we've been walking through as a community in regards to managing our emotions, okay? So, um, like Daryl introduced, uh, I'm Kaylin. I lead one of the community groups. I am he with Joe and Chris, my roommates. And uh, I also lead a prayer set once a week, uh, Wednesday mornings, and once a month, Saturday, I think third Saturday of the month on racial reconciliation. So, if I haven't met you, those are the times I'm available. So, (laughs) reach out (laughs) then. Um, So uh, today, um, ultimately, my main purpose, as I was kind of listening to the sermons Daryl and Bethany and Will had delivered the last few weeks, what I realized is that they're quite comprehensive. They're quite good. I honestly felt like I didn't have much uh, to add to them. Uh, So really, uh, I wouldn't say that I'm adding much. I'm more reinforcing a theme that we've been hearing for the last month or so, all right? And so um, I was thinking about this last week. I said, Well, I finally, I'm, I'm preaching, but I'm preaching the week after Bethany, so I like to call that a setup. That's what we call a setup. It's when um, it's hard to kind of uh, go a week after Bethany, but I'm gonna do my best to reinforce what Bethany preached last week and what Daryl the week before and Will as well. So my real purpose today is to extract one theme, and that is that our only hope is in Christ, okay? Our only hope is in Christ. And even before I got up here, I was thinking about one thing. Uh, It was a word that the Lord gave me, and it was a word, uh, I don't know if you know who Jonathan McReynolds is. This is my guy. I love Jonathan McReynolds. He has a song called Cycles. And I don't know if you know this song. I love this song. I play this song all the time. And so one thing that I hope that we get out of uh, what I'm discussing today is that Jesus breaks cycles, okay? I want you to think about this. Jesus breaks cycles, and so one of the things that I think people who are struggling in cycles today, so you may have walked into this building, you may have come to church for the first time, for the 100th time, for the 1,000th time, and one thing that's common in the human condition is cycles. It's cycles of Depression, cycles of grief, cycles of sin. We're all walking and trying to break cycles. It's part of our human condition. And one of the main obstacles in breaking the cycles, one of the main obstacles in breaking cycles of emotional instability is one of two things. It is we either think too highly of our ability to break them, our ability to break them, to walk out of them, or we think too lowly of God's ability to break them. All right, it's either one of two things. And so today, I'm just going to extract from the Bible what God says about our ability versus his ability. Amen? So Christ is our only hope. Jesus breaks cycles. So I'm going to pull from John chapter 2. And so if you don't have a Bible with you, we should have scriptures up there. If we don't have scriptures up there, good luck. Uh, You can just take my word for it then. Maybe ask a neighbor for the Bible, or uh, you can even go to your uh, uh, app store and download the Bible app. But John is in the New Testament, which means it's near the end of the Bible. So it's in uh, the Gospel of John, okay? John chapter 2 is where I'm going to open up. Verse 23. Now, when he, Jesus, was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast... Many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. But, pay attention to this but, Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them. Because he knew all people and needed no one, no one, somebody say no one, one. to bear witness about man. For he himself knew what was in man John 2 23 through 25 Lord we love your word so Jesus did not entrust himself in man what does this entrust mean to trust something to to commit yourself to the guidance of a thing to commit yourself to the leadership of a thing to commit yourself to the protection of a thing it's so interesting to see that these people were convinced. I mean, we're talking about believers here who believed in the man Christ Jesus. They saw what he had done in Jerusalem. They saw the miracles and the signs and the wonders, and they said, I believe that man. But the funny thing to me is that Jesus looks right back at them and says, I don't believe in you. I don't trust what's in you. They trust what's in him, but he doesn't trust what's in you. And so this is what the Bible says. And so I was reading this and I was a little upset because this is, kind of a, this, is, this is kind of shocking, right, to the human heart and to the human soul. That Jesus looks at us and says, I don't trust you. This is something we need to hear in this, in this year. That, I don't, that Jesus doesn't trust what's inside of us. And so he is talking and he's, and, and he's observing. And let's see, let's, let's dissect this for a second. To commit yourself to a thing. Um, it reads this. Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people. All people. Not just the people surrounding him, not the people that he encountered. He knew all people. So that includes me, that includes you, that includes all of us under the sound of our voice, that includes all those in Boston and Cambridge and all throughout the world. He knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man for he himself knew what was in man. So not not only does he know all people, but he knows what's in man. And so this is not something that he can just recite information about you. He knows where you're from, he knows when you were born, he knows your middle name. That's knowing all people, but he also knows what's in man. So he sees things that we can't see. He has information that we don't have even about ourselves, so much so that the scripture says this, needed no one to bear witness about man. So this is what's interesting about Jesus. It's a word we call omniscient. It means he's all-knowing. He knows everything. Everyone knows like um, a know, you know a know-it-all in your life? Somebody who just knows too much. It's usually like your little cousin or somebody, you just know too much, you talk too much. You know, this is, Jesus is the know-it-all of know-it-alls. He knows everything. And so this is what's interesting to me. And not only does he know all people, But he knows what's in man. In in another translation, he knows the heart of man. The heart of man. So when I said this, that we often think too highly of ourselves. Jesus says, I don't trust you because I know your heart. He says, I don't entrust myself to you because I know what's inside of you. And so he's talking not just to them, he's talking to us. What's inside of us can't be trusted. Jeremiah 17 says this, that the heart it's deceitful above all things. It is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Who can know the heart? But Jesus searches it. He knows what's inside. First Samuel says this. It says that, the, that man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. He knows what's inside each and every one of us. And so some of you may be looking at me and being like, um, this seems like bad news right? This seems like God is convicting us in our own inability, in our own incapacity, but this is actually good news for so many reasons. This is good news that God knows our heart. And let me tell you this. I would say this. Emotional instability in in, in regards to our emotions, emotional instability is typically fueled but when we don't view ourselves rightly. If Jesus doesn't trust the desires of your heart, if Jesus doesn't trust the direction and the guidance of your heart, then why do you? If we understood that Jesus looks at the heart and says, I don't entrust myself to it, then why are we living in a generation allowing ourselves to, to hear this thing? This is what I hear all the time. Follow your heart. Chase after your desires. And we wonder why we are facing emotional instability. We wonder why when the world shakes, we shake with it. The fact of the matter is, is that we've been following our heart when Jesus told us not to. And so here's the point that John 2 is making. And this is, this is uh, even the scripture I wanted to preach on. I meant to teach, but now I'm going to preach a little bit. Here's the thing, is that our guidance cannot come in the form of man. Our guidance isn't found inside of us. Our compass is in our own heart. And so for some of us who are struggling with cycles today, one thing I want to tell you is that your help can't be found in you. Your strength can't be found in you. So thinking of ourselves too highly can often be a predicament we find ourselves in. Jesus settles this in John chapter 2. But there's good news. And in this Managing Your Emotions series, one thing I realize is that there's a danger in tracking with this series, listening to the sermons, receiving the wisdom, and missing the man. There's a danger in managing something without the only one who can help you do it. There is a danger in receiving biblical wisdom, biblical truth without the one that the Bible speaks of, the one that the Bible points to. And so here is the good news for those of us who are wrestling with our emotions in this season, is that it's not up to you. It's not up to our own wisdom or our own guidance. Uh, Actually, Isaiah actually gives us a good picture of who it is up to when we're thinking about the brokenness, the cycles that we find ourselves in, we only need to look to the Scripture to see how the Scripture deals with the cycles of man and the solution that is sent to break them. And this is what Isaiah chapter 9 reads, verses 6 and 7. Isaiah chapter 9 in the Old Testament, one of the books of the prophet, right after Song of Solomon, right before the book of Jeremiah, if you're looking. But the Scripture's up here. And I realize now, Daryl, when you always say that you feel like you're yelling up here, I feel like I'm yelling. <laughs> I feel like I'm yelling. <laughs> so here's, here's what Isaiah chapter 9, uh, verse 6 and 7 reads. For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government... Shall be upon his shoulder. In his name, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government, and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. What is Isaiah prophesying of? He's prophesying of Jesus, the Messiah, the Lord and Savior of our lives. If there's any better picture of how this could be good news, think about Israel. Think about the cycles of disobedience and straying and wandering. Why is this good news that Isaiah would prophesy this? Because the cycles will be broken in a man. Yeah. What is he saying? He says, unto us. Think about this, in John three sixteen, 16, this is a popular scripture that many Christians may know, that for God so loved the world that he gave us one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life, that he gave his one and only son. This unto us. What does that mean? That Jesus, that we are the recipients of a gift. That we have been given something that we needed. There is something that is so desperately and so, so isolating about what Jesus reveals about the heart of man in John 2, that says, hey, we can't, we can't solve our own problems. We're not good for our own guidance. We can't manage our own emotions. We can't manage the world around us. We can't find peace in our own. We can't break our own cycles. We're completely incompetent. Can't do it on our own. And so if we're left here, that's bad news. But when Isaiah speaks of the coming Messiah, he brings good news, which is this. Unto us a child is given. We are the recipients. We are the object of a great gift. That means when you were stuck in your cycles, when you were stuck in your sin, you had no way out. Unto you, a child was given. Unto you, a son is born. And so this is why it's good news. Isaiah continues, and he says this. This is amazing. And the government shall be on his shoulder. I mean, think about The fact that throughout all of human history, all the toil and all the war, the cycles of violence and incompetence. Think about even the nation of Israel we see biblically, right? The inability for us to govern ourselves. Think about how broken a cycle that's been throughout all of humanity. And this is solved in a man. It says, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Guess what? That means you no longer have to carry that burden. That means that's a burden that you couldn't solve on your own? Don't worry, I'll solve it for you. This is what the Bible says about Jesus. It says your problems are solved in a man. And he's coming. And so this is the most important part that I want to get to today. Is the name. Isaiah says this. His name. His name shall be called. His name shall be called Wonderful counselor it's his name it's his name it's not what he does it's not just a title it's not just a role it's not just a responsibility right guess what you can't do today you can't go through this managing your emotion series you can't separate right the wonderful counsel from Jesus it's his name did you know that when you follow Jesus, because it's his name, you get Wonderful Counselor? That when you follow Jesus, you walk into a relationship with Jesus, guess what you get? You get Mighty God. It's his name. When you follow Jesus, guess what you get? Everlasting Father. When you follow Jesus, guess what you get today? Those of you wrestling with grief, isolation, depression, in the name of Jesus, guess what's afforded to you today? Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Unto us, we've been given a Prince of Peace, a wonderful counselor. It's his name. We must understand the name of Jesus. We think too highly of ourselves and too lowly of God, but his name is Wonderful Counselor. We live in an age where I see this a lot. Biblical wisdom is appropriated. I see this almost everywhere. The wisdom of man, we think it's our own wisdom. And we say things like, oh, treat others as you want to be treated. That's what my mom almost told me. I don't think I need Jesus. You know that's in the Bible? You know, that's biblical wisdom. Right. Come on. We live in an age where we think we can get counsel apart from Jesus. We think we can get wonder apart from Jesus. We think we can get peace apart from Jesus. I have good news for you today that we cannot, we will not, we shouldn't look or seek counsel apart from him. And this is amazing news. Why? Why? Because it releases the burden off of you today. There is no more burden on you today. There is no more burden. There is no more burden of you breaking the cycle on your own, right? There is no more burden of you being able to do it in your own strength. There is no more burden for you, right? Some of us are carrying generational burdens. Some of us are carrying stuff that we've been carrying stuff for so many years. We don't even know that we're carrying it. Some of us are doing things because we've been, we're, we're so consumed, right, by, by our problems, right, that we don't even know the first step to take. And so, all of the stuff that we have been learning and listening about the last few weeks, if you don't get anything, get this. You find help in Jesus. Christ is your only hope today. And he's a great hope, right, because what he saw was a problem that needed to be solved. God saw a problem that needed to be solved. Well these people are <laughs> they they can't do it on their own. They can't find peace on their own. They can't counsel their own hearts. They can't heal themselves. They can't fix their own problems. I'll do it for them. And so today, it's a great invitation for you. It's a wonderful invitation. It's in the knowledge of Christ that our emotions are stabilized. It's in the knowledge of Christ that our cycles are broken. And so we can't... This is is what's um, important to me, which is if you are not a Christian today, you aren't in relationship with Jesus, you may have walked in today thinking that this is a good sermon series, I'm going to take a few truths, I'm going to walk away with them, and I'm going to just use them in my own way or in my own purposes. But... One thing I think it's important to realize is that the Christians in this room, those who have considered themselves followers of Christ, let me tell you what we're not. We're not a collection of our own good ideas. We're not a collection of our own good wisdom. We're not a collection of our own selves figuring it out, our own strength, our own wonder. That's not what the Christian is. We aren't those with good ideas we those with a good God. It's the only difference. What makes up the difference? What's the difference between those who follow, Christians and those who aren't? What's the difference between those who have peace and those who don't? The difference is Jesus. It's the only thing that's gonna get you out of your muck and mire today, that's gonna get you out of your desperate situation, and that's gonna break the cycle of sin and depression and grief, right? the things that we've been wrestling with for far too long, the invitation is open. That you don't have to acquire any good ideas today, you have to come into walking a relationship with Jesus. That's the good idea. That is the wonderful counselor. You want counsel, find Jesus. You want wonder, find Jesus. You want peace, find Jesus. Christians are not men and women simply changed by a set of good ideas, but instead by a good God. He is our wonderful counselor. What's so wonderful about him? Well, everything that we've talked about today. Why is he a wonderful counselor? You start to see his wonder, right? The things that we couldn't solve. When I think of wonder, I think of something that's indescribable. Something that I can't figure out on my own. He's wonderful because he solves the things that we can't figure out on our own. The things that we can't describe, the things that we can't fix, that's his wonder, that's his counsel. It's who he is. So, like I said, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes. That's the crazy part. Whosoever believes. I think there is a real invitation for the world, for people in this room, and for the city around us, that the whosoever, that's us, whosoever believes, whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The difference, the one way that we don't perish, that we don't fall into sin and to death, is faith in Christ. And so this is the good news for us today. This is the opportunity and the invitation that we have today is that whosoever believes, it's amazing to me when Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. I think there's an invitation. Who do you say that Jesus is today? Who do you say that he is in your life? Who do you say that he is? Are we going to follow the leanings of our own heart? Are we going to follow Jesus, our Lord and Savior, to be able to instruct and to counsel us today? And so this is the difference. It can make all the difference. You can go through all of these sermons. You can read the Bible, but the difference won't be found in the ideas. It will be found in the man Christ Jesus. And so our invitation is open. There will be, I'll be up here praying. Uh, I think Daryl can come up and pray as well. But if you uh, don't know, you don't have the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, the invitation is open for you today to meet who Isaiah spoke of in Isaiah 9, the wonderful counselor. This is your invitation. If you're broken and you're stuck in cycles of emotional instability, grief, anger, isolation, depression, The invitation is open, that the knowledge of Christ, nearness to his presence will change everything. And so the invitation is open. We'll be up here doing it COVID-friendly, COVID-safe to pray for you. If you want to know the Lord, if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the invitation is open up. Um, If you want prayer that Jesus would break certain cycles, the invitation is open come up um and (laughs) uh but other than that i want to say if you're part of the church cgs great opportunity for us to grow in our knowledge of christ a lot of the things that we may be struggling with some of the cycles um it's it's an amazing opportunity that if you actually surround yourself with christians you actually get to know jesus better So this is why CGs are important. When I say growing in the knowledge of Christ, it's one of the most important ways we can do that. When we get to know wonderful counselors, one of the quickest ways we get to know the counsel, the wonder of his counsel is to surround ourselves with people who have seen it, people who have experienced it. And so those are the two invitations today. Um, Be blessed. Go to a CG, sign up. And if you need prayer, come to the front.